Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. A lot of people feel that, or yet I should better say this, so many people don't understand what it means by being a Christian. And because of that ignorance, people don't really walk the walk they're supposed to walk. Now, some people feel that being a Christian is when you go to church and you baptize, and then it, your name is, is, is enrolled in the church register, all is fine, you can do whatever you want. But this evening, I'm here as a vessel through which I make myself available for the Lord to use, to minister to all of us, that being a Christian, we ought to be like our God. The book of John chapter 1 verse 12 says that, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So when you become a son or a child of God, it means that people will see that God through you in every sphere of life. My topic this evening is be holy. For I am holy, as the word of the Lord, that you be holy, for I am holy. So if anything rupture in between our holiness and God's holiness, then the relationship does not flow very well. So God wants to relate to us as holy people, holy being, people that through grace or by grace through Jesus Christ have been saved. People actually who have in them. God's mark, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, this text, when Peter wrote, he was addressing Christians who were in diaspora, who were scattered all over. As Peter, uh, uh, the first Peter 1, 1, he says that, one, 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 the first two verses of that chapter 1, he says that Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the full knowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. So he was writing this, addressing, writing this letter to all these people, to the saints who were actually scattered all over. So what I take from this is that as a believer, Wherever you are, you're supposed to be holy. That means that circumstances should not affect your holiness. Culture should not affect your holiness. Geographical location should not affect your holiness. Because you as a child of God, the person who you is harboring the Holy Spirit in you, wherever you go, you should continue to live and practice holiness. Because the God that you serve, he is also holy. So Peter wrote this distributed to all the brethren who were scattered all over, including us here today. So that means that being in America, being in Kentucky, being wherever you are, being in whatever zip code you are, your lifestyle should not be affected by circumstances, by geographical lo location, by situation. You ought to be, holy, to, to be holy because your God, our God, is a holy God. The question of practical holiness demands the attention of all believers. Are we holy? Shall we see the Lord? 
The question shall never be out of season. Now, the wise man tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 4 and verse 7, that there is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, but there is no time, no, not a day in which a man ought not to be holy. Therefore, as a child of God, holiness should be your lifestyle. We ought to be holy in every circumstance and in every situation as we will see Paul right here. What is true practical holiness, therefore? What is holiness? I just attempt to bring a picture of what holiness looks like. A true picture of practical holiness looks like this. The first one. Holiness is the habit of being one. Let me take it over. Holiness is the habit of being of one mind with God according as we find his mind described in scripture. That is the first picture of holiness. The second picture I try to present here is this. A holy man will endeavor to shun every known sin and to keep every known commandment as it is written in Romans chapter 7 verse 22. That is the second aspect of a picture of holiness. The third picture of a practical holiness is this. A holy man will strive to be like our Lord Jesus Christ as found in Romans chapter 8 verse 29. And lastly, the fourth uh, picture of holiness I try to present here is this. A holy man will follow after meekness, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, kind, tempers, kind tempers, guard his tongue according to Galatians 5, 22 to 23, and goes on and goes on as the scripture presents to us. Holiness is a way of life that is defined, controlled, governed, sanctioned by the Holy Spirit. A surrendered, a humble lifestyle defined by, by, by the word of God and, and which, which is sanctioned by the Holy Spirit. That when, you, when we humble ourselves and, and, and try to do all these things and many more as the scripture holds, then that is a life of holiness which we are required. We are called to live holy, a holy life. And now when we look into our text, uh, verse 13, verse 13 says that in that first Peter chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Wherefore, get up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, he said, wherefore, is preparing you to tell. When somebody starts a conversation with wherefore, it means that there is something very important that you want to chip in into that conversation. When you have a conversation with somebody, say, and, and you have this conversation, and, you, and he, he pauses and says, wherefore. Take that very seriously. As he, uh, Paul describes here. He says that one of the things that he mentioned in this, he says that gird up the loins of your mind. Wherefore, take care of your mind. There is something about our mind. Before a person commits an act of sin, it starts where? It starts in the mind. So he says that guard your mind very seriously because what I want to tell you, it will affect your mind. And we see about the mind, getting our mind, we see, uh, Paul says in, in a, uh, Romans chapter 12, he says that do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be what? Be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. So therefore, in order for us to live a holy life, we have a work to do with our minds. 
Because when, this, when the devil attacks our minds, then automatically he has control over the whole body. When our minds has been affected, when our minds are affected, when the devil he, he, he saw those seeds and, and bring all those wrongful ideas into our mind, when we ent entertain the mind and provide, make our mind to be accommodating to all those wrongful ideas, then our whole body has collapsed because when you get somebody's mind, when you capture the mind, then you can control that person. So Paul, the James said, he said, get the loins of your mind. And he said, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He brings in another very important ingredient. Be sober. And when we look at instead of sober, to be sober, we look at humility. When we conduct our mind to be humble, then God can put in whatever he wanted to put so easily. But when we conduct our mind in a way that with pride, we conduct our mind with, like we know all, then we are hindering the Holy Spirit to make a deposit in our mind. So the mind is very important. If we must live a holy life and to please God, then we have a lot to do with our mind. As Peter was saying, then we go down to verse, verse 14. In verse 14, he says that as obedient children, so this is a category of people, these are believers here, as obedient children. So he knows that they are obedient people, that he knows that as Christians, you ought to be his obedient children. So he was writing this to believers as obedient children, believing that they are obedient. He says, as obedient children, he says that not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. Very important here. Not fashioning yourselves according to, uh, say, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says that, Paul says this, is that if anyone is in Christ, he is what? He is a new creation. From the time that you receive Christ, from that time that you surrendered and humbled yourself and gave your life to Christ, you are a brand new born creation now in the Lord. So Paul says that if anyone is in Christ, as he told the church at Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? He is a new creature. He said the old things, when he says the old things, he is referring to the life before you received Christ. The lifestyle before you believed. The lifestyle before you become a born again. The lifestyle before you had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is in you now by spirit, it never means that you have separated with the old lifestyle. You don't have anything again to do with your past. And that is why Peter is saying here that, he says that as obedient children, not, not fashioning yourselves according to the former thing or lost in your ignorance. So the question is, or the challenge here is, are you still going back to your vomit? Are we still going back to our vomit? From the time that you became a Christian, do you find yourself still going back to some of those things that you used to do when you were not yet a born again or not yet a believer? Do you still do those things which are considered by the old have gone, has passed? Because if we still find ourselves going back to our Egypt, then there is something wrong. We need to address it right here and right now. Because we are called to holiness. The word says, be ye holy for I am holy. And that is the Lord saying.
So if anybody here, you find yourself, we find ourselves going back to our old vomit, to our Egypt. And when I say Egypt, I'm talking about the life pre, uh, pre uh, before you became a child of God. If we find ourselves going back to the old lifestyle, then Paul says that, he said, not fashioning yourself according to the former lost in your ignorance. Because when somebody is not yet a believer, they are living in ignorance. If somebody does not yet know Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, they are living in what? In ignorance. And that's what Peter is saying here to all these people who are in diaspora. He goes further in verse 15. He says that, but as he which had called you is holy, I love this verse 15, but as he, referring to who? Referring to the Lord, referring to God. As God who has called you is holy, the second part he says that, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because God that has called all of us here is holy. So, we need to exercise holiness in every conversation we have. Every conversation we have, we need to display holiness. The challenge is this. Are we displaying holiness in our conversation? When you are mad with that particular person, when you don't agree with that sister or that brother or that neighbor or that family member, do you relate with that person? The words that come out of your mouth, does he have any altar of holiness in it? Do you talk as somebody who is holy? When the children or grandchildren or a fellow brother or son makes you angry and in return you want to respond. Do you respond as somebody, as a vessel of holiness or do you curse? Or do you slander inside you? Or do you despise them inside you? Or do you do whatever or wish them any evil inside you? God is seen inside that mind. That same mind that Peter talked about in this verse 13. He said, guard that mind. When we exercise holiness during conversation, or when we, when we, 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 we the time we're having conversation, do we exercise holiness in our conversation? Because God sees our mind. Says that because it is written, verse 16, be ye holy, for I am holy. It's a command. Christ says, be ye holy, because God is holy. So that means that anytime we fail to exercise holiness in our relationship with people, anytime we fail to exercise holiness, even when we have our time that we are thinking and, and the devil bring things inside us, then we are bridging that confidence that God has compelled us to be. He said, be holy, for I am holy. Without holiness, there is no way we can have a good relationship with the Lord. Without living a holy life, there is no way that we can have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Without holiness, there is no way that we can be used by God for His glory. God is looking for that one who is holy, living a holy life. So that through that holy life you are living, God can use you to do exploit for His kingdom. We are praying for revival. Revival. We are praying this 40-day prayer and fasting. We are praying for revival. I'm just praying with expectation. That I'm just expecting, praying with that mind of expectation. See that this, this church will explode. That Lexington will explode. 
that our community will explode for Jesus Christ. But if it must happen, then we work on our mind. We work on being holy. Because without holiness, God cannot use the vessel. Are we holy? Are you, are you striving? Are you, are you, is it, are, during this time of prayer and fasting, are you crying out to the Lord to make you holy? Are you identifying and presenting your weaknesses in, the, in front of God that God should walk you out and remake you again so that you should be a, an instrument of holiness that he can, he can use for his kingdom? Be ye holy, for I am holy. This is not something that you have to make. It's not, it's not like you can, you can, if you must follow God, you must. It's a must. It's not a choice. It's a call that if you must walk with me, you must be holy because I am holy. He goes on in verse 17. He says that, and if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons. Now, there's something important here. When God said, be ye holy, God does not care whether whatever your etchel on a resume looks like. <laughs> God does not care how smart you are. God does not care how educated you are. God does not care how rich you are. God does not care how you look. All he's asking is, if you must walk with the Lord as chosen people, you must exercise holiness, both in deed and your action and your word, period. And that's why he goes further in this verse 17. He says that, and if you call on the Father, the Father who the Father God, if you call on the Father God, who without respect of person judges according to every man's work. So listen, we, all of us here, God is going to judge us based on what we have done. We will not escape that. God is going, he, he, heaven is taking account of everything that we are doing here for his kingdom. So that's why, as I said, I said, the church is not a place, a place that we ought to come and sit and just make friends and just feel good with the sermons and the songs and, and go back and be the same. No, we ought to walk. We ought to walk. So he said that God judges uh, according to every man's work. Past the time of your, so he, he is challenging them now. He said that you see this God like this who is going to, who does not respect anybody. You see this God that we serve who, first of all, does not have, uh, 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 he, who is going to judge us who does not respect anybody and who is going to judge us. He says that pass the day of your sojourning here in fear. So what he's saying, I say, don't take it lightly. It's not a child's play because God, first of all, he does not respect persons. He doesn't care who you are. God does not need you. He doesn't need all the education and whatever you think you are. God does not need it. And God is not a God who will show a partiality. He's a God of justice. He will bring justice to everybody, whatever you have done. And he said, this kind of, and he tells us, you see, this God that we see like this, listen, take your faith. Take your faith seriously. It's not something to joke about. Take your Christianity seriously and live the kind of lifestyle you have been called to live. Take that seriously. Because God is going to judge. That's what Peter was saying. And he's telling us here also today. And he goes to verse 19, which I'm concluding. He says in verse 19, he says, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without, uh, I left part of verse 18. The second part is, as silver and gold uh, uh, from your vain conversation received by tradition uh, from your father. So this is what verse 18 is saying that, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with uh, corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. 
So what he's saying is that, listen, you were bought with a price. It took pain for Jesus Christ. It costed him a lot to go through all the process that he went through and you have been saved today. So don't take the suffering of Jesus Christ lightly. You were not saved by those traditions that you inherited from your fathers. You did not inherit that. You, did not, you were not saved because of that. You were not saved because of all the stories they used to tell you about the things that happened. No, you have been saved by the sacrifice, painful sacrifice that was made on the cross for your sake by Jesus Christ. So therefore, don't take it lightly. It's cost, it, it costed him a lot. He was tortured. He was beaten, despised. He was, he was spat upon. He was accused wrongly. They attempted to kill him several times. They accused him wrongly. He went all through this for your sake. And now that you are saved, you are saved. And now that the price has been paid. So don't take this lightly. Don't take it lightly. That's what Peter is saying. And in verse 19, he says that, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as of the Lamb without blemish and without spot. So, Jesus Christ, he was that lamb that did not have any blemish, did not have any spot. He did not sin at all. He didn't, he didn't have to go on that cross because he did not do anything. But because of God's love for us, because of God's love for us, so Jesus Christ, he stooped low, lived his glory all in heaven, came and went through what he went so that me and you today we should be what we are in front of God's side. Be ye holy, for I am holy. In order for us to be holy, we need to guide our, our thought, guide our mind, guide our heart. The kind of things that we allow in our heart, it can control our lives if we are not careful. You see, people do what they do because they have allowed their minds to take them control over them. If people are really conscious of the things that we harbor in our heart, we as believers, we're very, very conscious and taking this seriously of the things that we harbor in our mind, in our hearts, then we will not give the devil opportunity to celebrate. We will not be that, that channel through which the devil will use to spread his gospel, to kill, to seal, and to destroy. There are people that they have unforgiveness in their minds. There are people that they don't talk with the fellow brother or sister, even in the church. There are people that the slightest disagreement the next time they're out of the church and they don't care. There are people that they don't care to do evil to anybody. They don't care. That is just their nature. But they come to church and they call themselves Christians. Is that holiness? No, that's not holiness. We need to work on our mind. We need to work on it seriously. Christ says that God says that it's a command, a call to holiness. Be ye holy for I I'm holy. There is no choice in that one. You're either a Christian or you're not a Christian. In this one, there is no 99 point. No, no, it's, it has to be 100% as, as the Bible requires. Why should we be holy? There are some five things, last point that I just want us to see, some highlights. I'd like to see on the, on the board. Why should we be holy? And the first one is that we should be holy because... Without holiness, no one shall see God. And this is in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. It says that, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see God. Follow peace with all men. So if you think that because you have a problem with your brother or sister, you cannot go and reconcile, 
and you intentionally know that if it depends on you, you are able to do it. And because of the hardness of the mind, you don't want to do it. You don't want to sit there. You don't want to have anything to do with them. The Bible tells us that follow peace, follow peace, follow peace with all men and kindness without, without which no man shall see the Lord. And then the second point, why should we be holy? Because the voice of God in scripture plainly commands it. Matthew chapter 5 verse 20 says, For I say to you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no way or in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, a lot of us sometimes we act as the Pharisees and the scribes. We, 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 we portray and display some signs of holiness while maybe sometime in the house we are not talking with our spouses or we are having grudges against and we don't want to forgive, we don't want to make peace. That's just the character of the scribes and the Pharisees. They like a public show. People see that all is well. Why right deep inside you it is really rotten? Why should we be holy? The third point is this. Because this is one grand end and purpose for which Christ came into the world. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15 says, And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. I think Christ requires that all of us, we should be peaceful. We should forgive others and live the life that pleases God. We ought to be holy because Jesus came, he died for us. So that we live, we live through him. And the fourth point is that, why should we be holy? Because this is the only sound evidence that we have a saving faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. As James chapter 2 verse 17 says, said, even so faith, if it had not works, is dead, being alone. How do you say, Lord, your brother or sister, you don't forgive them? Where is the work? Yeah, you have faith. But that person that you, you ignored or, or treated so poorly and so badly, where was that faith? You know? And lastly, why should we be holy? Because without holiness on earth, we shall never be prepared to enjoy heaven. Now, Revelation chapter 21 verse 27 says, and there, shall no, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So therefore, there is no double dip here. There is no child's play here. There is no hide and seek here because God sees our life here. If we, if we don't live holy here and think that we will live holy up there someday, that is a big lie. That is a big lie. We need to display our holiness here on earth. Because when we display our holiness here on earth, it's an act of worship. Living as unto the Lord. Living to please the Lord. That is an act of worship. And when you do this, you are lifting the name of God higher. So that through that, he will not only use you, but he will draw men unto himself. Be ye holy. For I am holy. Can we stand on our feet, please? If you are able to stand, please stand and let's pray. I believe that the entrance of the word brings life and understanding to the simple. And uh, the book of Hebrews says that today if you hear his word, harden not your heart. It's always good that we have an opportunity that when the word of God is preached like this, that it exposes us from our weaknesses. Don't carry it back home, please. 
because you don't know what can happen. So as we bend, bow our head, I just want to give an opportunity. Is there anybody, if, you, if this word has taught you in a way and it's affecting you in a way and you, you want to get rid of, of some particular lifestyle or you want to, that God to work on some areas of, of your life, please, this is the time. I, I just want you to raise your hands so we'll pray together. Anybody? A partner with you in prayer. We'll partner with you in prayer here. Anybody? Or you want to stand the gap for somebody, some loved one, a particular family member that you know you want to, you want to stand the gap for. Is there somebody? If you are at home watching online, please, I just, I just pray that this message will really touch you as, 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 as it's intended. If, there's, if, you, if you're watching from, from the online, you've never given your life to Christ, I just want to ask and plead with you, this is an opportunity to give, give your life to Christ and to make peace with the Lord. Is there anybody who want to join the church? Anybody want to give an opportunity? Father, we want to thank you so much for this evening. We know that things don't just happen. It's not by coincidence. Everything by you is, is planned. Lord, as we look through your word, we see ourselves really being wanting. We see ourselves with a lot of handicaps, a lot of failures, a lot of limitations. There is only one person who can put us right with you and who has done that before, and that is Jesus Christ. We want to pray and commit our lives unto you, asking you to forgive us where we have displeased you. Let's pray that, oh God, you will strengthen us and that you will revive us as we are crying out and pleading for revival during this period that we will not be left behind. Lord, bless us. Take us back home safely. Uh, we commit the week of tomorrow into your hands. Keep all of us, all of us safe and the as Family members, uh, fall break, and some family members have gone out and uh, just be with all our people and, and uh, our Christians and their families and, and the children who are taking a break this time. We just want to say thank you. As we continue in prayers for the church, uh, we just say, Lord, may you have your will, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, you may be seated, please.